0: From Talk 910, KNEW, San Francisco, this is Rob Black. Rob talks about your money every weekday, live and local, from 10 to noon. Enjoy the show. Live from the Bay Area, your money, your life, this is Rob Black.
1: Welcome in to the Rob Black Show, the only show on radio where the host has pneumonia. Yay. I'm dying, and yet I still come into work. That's okay. I got some pretty good pills that I'll be taking a little later today, if you know what I mean. And if you want to stop by my place and have a party, woo! We got codeine. We got codeine. Yeah, I say more. 800-345-5639 to get your calls on the air. It's 800-345-5639 to get your calls on the air. I'm going to talk a little bit about vice-based investing in the second hour of the show. It's a show that I've promised to do and it's a show that I need to do because, and again, it shows you the different ways that Wall Street works. And some investment advisors can be like just J.A.'s, just the biggest J.A. on the planet. I once worked for a guy who had these just glorious, glorious cufflinks and glorious, glorious shoes and uh, nice Italian suits. And he said, you know, Rob, and this was back in New York, he goes, you should be like me. You should wear Italian suits and Italian cufflinks and Italian shoes because that's what clients want. I didn't wear a suit for one calendar year after that. I just wore sweater vests. In my pursuit to to spite the big man, in my pursuit to spite him, and show him that, no, what people want is smart. What people want is intelligence. What people want is honesty and integrity and grit and, and, and vigor and tenacity. That's what people want. That's what I honor. He honored something totally different. Anyway, you can be an investment advisor like him. You can be a portfolio analyst. Or you can be like Tony Soprano. What did Tony Soprano invest in? Do you remember? He'd hijack trucks of cigarettes. He'd invest in strip clubs. He'd invest in things that the mafia would invest in. Our vices, things that we need, drugs. Sometimes gadgets. Gadgets. You know, sometimes they'd rip off a truck full of electronics, but that's not exactly what I wanted to say. And Tom Galvin, he's a research advisor for Credit Suisse First Boston way back in 2001. I don't even know if he's still around, but I remember reading something that he said. And ultimately what he said was some sectors tend to to show better performance during economically weak periods. And they are beneficiaries of mere human flaws and character. I love that line, mere human flaws and character. It turns out the demand for drinking, smoking, and gambling remains pretty steadily, and it actually increases during tough times. Now, he said that back in 2001, and what we've learned in this recession, not quite. We have seen Vegas, if you took him on his word, gambling always works. It hasn't always worked, but gambling actually has always worked. But Vegas is no longer just gambling. In order to diversify in 2000, you know that time period, go, go. Guys are going to Vegas. They're taking the ladies with them. They put in high-end shopping. They put in high-end restaurants. And high-end shopping and high-end restaurants don't work during the biggest recession of our lifetime. But anyway, I don't want to blow all my content. I'm known for sometimes shooting off a little early. I don't want to do that. They don't want to do that in any way, shape, or form. So interrupt us, content us. No, no, no. Don't want to do that. That's Latin for those of you who don't know. 800-345-5639. It's 800 Taking a quick look at Wall Street, stocks have started to turn a little bit on the, the choppy side, on the negative side. I bring that up only because there's a change in tone. And you have to be aware of it. Stock market up 62% from March lows. It's struggling right now. It's under, struggling under weight of huge expectations. Huge expectations. I was the fifth boy. talking about great expectations, my dad, he didn't want us to park more than six inches away from the curb. I mean, he was a tough guy. He always wanted us to turn off the lights perfectly. Uh, You could get into a car wreck and he wouldn't care. Something big, he didn't care. But if you parked seven inches from the curb, he was on you. So great expectations are killer. With roughly 80% of companies reporting third quarter results beating expectations, the bottom line results are far from disappointing. There is room there is room at this point in time to bemoan the lack of top line revenue growth most of the great earnings that we've seen have ultimately come from most of the great earnings we've seen mostly have come from downsizing firing people cutting their benefits taking people from 40 hours a week to 30 hours a week now some of it's been a little top line revenue growth but the earnings surprises have been stunning on the bottom line the bottom line is earnings top line is revenue so when I say that, stop me on occasion, call me up and say, jerk, you're going too fast for me. If I'm going too fast for you, let me know. It's never going to be my goal to blow you out of the water, show you how much smarter I am than you. In some areas of the world, I am smarter than you. In some area of the world, a cheerleader is smarter than me. Like, I've never understood why they clap like, why they cup their hands when they do it. And it's all about getting it loud. And I finally had to ask, you know, why not do one of these, you know, golf claps when you clap? But no, no, no. It's all about the loudness. See, there's some people who know a lot more than me. Bronchitis and infections. I don't know. <laughs> I don't even know what, what the doctor sees when he puts light inside your ear. There's things that I don't know. There's things that I don't want to know. But when it comes to money, that's what I know. So there have been some good sessions in the past few weeks. And there's certainly been some good trading responses. Amazon.com blows out the numbers. And overall, the net change for the S&P 500 since Alcoa started earnings season October 7th, it's been about. Six points, one half of one percent. So we're still not even talking about anything particularly good or bad. Earnings season kind of came and impressed us. But you know what we got to do now? We got to get some negative news. We got to get into the negative time of the year where we spend a little less, where home prices aren't going to be on the upside. A lot of foreign markets have suffered losses today. The September durable orders, the, the September du- durable order goods. Yeah, I think I'm saying that, right? Again, I got pneumonia. So, I'm going to hide behind that today. If I say anything stupid, like I'm going to take off all my clothes and shave all my hair, it's because I got pneumonia. I'm just going to hide behind that. I'm going to say controversial things like, I hate Ron Owens. I wish he were dead. So, I could be the top talk show from 10 to noon. But no, I got pneumonia. I didn't really mean that. 800 345 5639. To get your calls in the air, it's 800 345 5639. Let's go to John and Campbell. John?
2: Uh, question about the, USO. Um, the, the price of it. I own it. And uh, it's. It's oil, and uh, it seems to travel with the price of oil. Um, I was wondering if you saw more upside than downside to it. Um, I thought it was going to go a lot higher than it has, but I have made a little money on it. So I just wanted your opinion. Sure.
1: Um, What else do you own in your portfolio? Just give me some good basics ideas.
2: Uh, I own, um, let's see, I own AT&T. I own um, uh, the uh, Potash and... uh, um, uh, couple different energy stocks, a couple um, just kind of slower um, uh, dividend stocks like that oil pipeline thing up in Canada. I forget the name of it, but it pays like an 8% dividend. Um, What else do I have? Have you
1: paid paid taxes yet since owning a Canadian pipeline?
2: Uh, No, I just bought it uh, a couple months ago.
1: You know you're going to have a new tax filing
2: Ah, oh, jeez. I have to pay Canadian
1: taxes? You have to pay Canadian taxes, then you're going to have to repatriate to American. So you're going to have another form to file, just to let you know.
2: Uh, okay. <laughs> Didn't know that.
1: Uh, congratulations. It's okay. You'll be okay. Um, Let me see if I can... For some reason, I'm not pulling up U.S. oil. That's odd.
2: Hey, it's in my it's in my iris, so I'm okay there,
1: right? Uh, you're still going to have to file taxes, I believe. Really? Okay. Yeah. I might, that's odd i'm coming up with us oil the private company like there's so many different versions of us oil just
2: a uso should be the uh, yeah
1: that's ticker. the ticker it's the weird thing is uh when i'm pulling up a balance sheet on the company i'm not i'm, I'm just keep coming up with the prim, the public company the private company huh okay well anyway i'll move forward i will won't I digress totally okay um let's talk a little bit about us oil and thanks for the call so in the last 2 years thanks for the call gone from 2008, a high of 55, to 2009, to start the year at 25. So this year it's gone from 25 to 42. I'm going to say 25 to 40. I'm going to say you're a bit of a baby. I'm going to say your expectations are a little bit too high. Oil is right there at $83 a barrel, and it's doing great. This is doing good, too. I'm not going to totally knock it. It seems to recover with oil if you put the chart of oil on top of it. You're not getting much as far as dividend goes with it. Let's see what I can give you as far as some of the basic profile on it. The investment seeks to reflect the performance less expenses of the spot price of West Texas. Now, again, that's one of the slight negatives. Oh, how do I say this? West Texas oil is dirty dirty oil. It's like... (sighs) It would be like a woman with no teeth versus the hottest, sexiest lingerie model of all time. So, the hottest, sexiest lingerie model of all time, let's say she's name is Giselle Bundchen. Giselle Bunchen, you're going to have to pay a premium or you're going to have to be a premium in order to get her attention. And that, that's like Saudi Arabia light, sweet crude oil. Now, West Texas oil is kind of dirty, it's kind of nasty, it's kind of gross. So you bought basically an exchange-traded fund that is tracking oil. And to me, it looks like it's doing exactly what it's supposed to be doing. Maybe it's not on fire. Um, But it's a play on oil. It's a hedge on inflation. Hold on. Wait, wait. Let me correct that. It is a hedge on inflation. So it's a hedge on a weaker dollar. No, no, it's actually not because it's traded in dollars. Um, It is a commodity play tied towards oil, which is a hedge on oil. But this is tied towards the spot price of oil. Um, Up about 9% for the year. Seems to me be, be doing what it's supposed to be doing. So as far as the price of oil goes, so I think there's more pure plays. And I would get out of the West Texas side of the world and get it more into the light, sweet, crude oil side of the world. A little bit more dynamic. And uh, I think that's about all I can throw at you. If oil were on a march to 150, this would be on a march higher. You'd be really pleased with the performance. But one of the reasons oil isn't recovering as fast right now is people are starting to doubt where the oil market goes based on where the world economies go based on what sort of inflation we get from the stimulus on government sides of the fence to get your calls in the air it's 800 345 to get your calls in the air it's 800 345 it's Rob black show 9 10 a.m more stimulated talk It's the Rob Black Show. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial. AMD, their ex-chief, has been linked to an insider trading probe. Technology industry's highest-profile executives, they've become ensnared in an alleged insider trading case, and this is just one of them. AMD Advanced Micro Devices, they obviously compete with Intel. They're a big company. They're a big Bay Area company. Former executive Hector Ruiz, the AMD's chairman and previously chief executive, his involvement adds the biggest name yet to the case with Raj Raj R. Martin, co-founder of the Hedge Fund Galleon Group, and five others, including—I uh, don't even want to try to pronounce that name. Anyway, long story short, if I could do a long story short, uh, I wish our country had more c- penalties against white-collar criminals. I think we're too kind to them. I think juries are too sympathetic. Ah, it's a white guy, and he's got a high-paying job, and we don't want him to lose that. That's unfortunate. I think white-collar crime does a lot more damage to our society than blue-collar crime. So, You stab one someone and take their life. Yeah, that's absolutely horrible. You steal someone's TV. I don't think that deserves three years in prison, but maybe cut off their hands. 800-345-5639. <laughs> Let's go to Harry in San Jose. Harry?
2: Hey, Rob. Great show. Um, I bought Microsoft uh, in March, and uh, they were like 18, 19 and I was wondering now, with the Windows Seven release and the stocks gone up a little bit, um, I don't know if there's an upside to it anymore. So, should I trade it or should I hang on to it? What do you think?
1: You bought it at eighteen nineteen. Yeah. I think it's a pretty good name um, to hold up to about thirty thirty two, and that may not be enough upside for you, Harry, to stick around. Uh-huh. Uh, but when you take a look at the valuation, it's not offensive. It's trading at eighteen times earnings, which is a little bit less than the S and P five hundred. So, it's got a discount to the S and P five hundred. It's got earnings that are going to be building into next year, trading at 13 times. I think it's a play on the recovery in the economy, tied first towards businesses, second towards consumers. I don't think that anything that they do is interesting to consumers, but I think most of what they do is interesting to businesses. Okay. So I think you can get 3032 pretty easily early into next year. Now, again, if you're expecting a big correction right now and you've had a great winner, you've taken it from 18 to 28, get a teeny tiny 1% dividend in between. Um, it's not the worst thing in the world, uh, but I can make a case that it's defensive and its valuation is cheaper than the market. And uh, it's a play on the recovery tied towards businesses, not the recovery tied towards consumers. Okay, great. So thanks, Rob. Thanks for the call. When you talk Microsoft, it's a, it's a funky name. It's one of those companies that has more cash than God. I'm not quite sure if Microsoft has more cash than the Vatican, but it's going to be pretty close. Microsoft's ambitions are anything but small. And it's kind of funny that the name is Microsoft. It it should have been macro big or macro hard, you know? Uh, The company, some people love them. Some people hate them. The world's number one software company They provide a variety of products and services, including a ubiquitous Windows operating system, Office Software Suite. Microsoft has expanded its markets in such video game consoles, which they've done pretty good at. A lot of people didn't think they were going to succeed. Customer relationship management applications, server and storage software, musical players of the Zune. Whether you like it or not, it's really the number three player in music. Long, hardcore, far behind Apple. I think comparing Microsoft to Apple is a bit of a mistake. I think comparing Microsoft to business tied towards the 10-year treasure note tied towards economic cycles is a little bit more appropriate. So I'm a business person. And Google's got documents, and Google's got Excel, and Google's got products that are very similar for free to Microsoft. Now, I just saw one of the counties down in Southern California has switched their email services to Google's email services. And that's the start. But it's not a winner-take-all. It's a big freaking piece of pie that Microsoft has the biggest piece. You want to hear what – one area that I got a little white trash in me, I like chocolate pudding pie. With graham crackers, isn't that kind of white trashy? When you go, like, oh, he's a lemon meringue guy, or he's a, I like, I like a good cinnamon apple, but chocolate pudding pie. Anyway, uh, it's a huge buy, so I got, no, I got no qualms with Microsoft. New home sales. This is a big economic story of the day. New home sales declined 3.6 percent in September. The drop was completely unexpected. People thought we were going to see an increase of 5.5 percent. The decline in sales is extremely disheartening for the house market. First time home buyer tax credit was expected to push sales up through the end of November. And we've seen the effects of the tax credit as existing homes have surged. There aren't really any specifics that would explain why the tax credit would not have helped new home sales, especially in states like California, where the federal government would give you 8000 and the state of California would give you 10000 So to buy a brand new home, not an existing home, a brand new home. There's two types of homes, new homes and existing homes. Now, in this case, buyers would not need to rush in and purchase a home. Um, ultimately, sales were down because new homes take a long time to build. Buyers wouldn't be able to get the sale closed before November, so I guess people gave up right before. Median price of a brand-new spanking home, $199,900. 800-345-5639 to get your calls on the air. Let's go to Mike in Menlo Park. Mike? Uh, I've
2: uh, I got a question about Baidu. I was kind of looking at it. It, it seems to be, to be the uh, Chinese Google. China kind of doing so well what do you kind of what are your ideas on it
1: stock you own or stock you 're looking to own
2: I'm looking to own i know it's a little little high now we kind of missed out on the whole uh whole run up but you know
1: well you've missed on yeah you've missed out on, out on a run up a collapse, a run up, and a collapse so i i don 't beat yourself up you know there's there's always another bus so to speak uh, let 's talk a little bit about Baidu what What else do you own in your portfolio? Give me like, some basic ideas
2: um even though i 'm a kind of young guy, I kind of like uh larger uh, companies like AT&T, mm-hmm. um, ExxonMobil, Chevron, um,
1: Apple, you know. Okay, I'm with you. Um, taking a look at some of the valuations on Baidu, and you don't really get a good feel for it. Like, it's, it's tough to really get a metric on where it's valued at. It's trading at a Ford of 44 so if you were to buy it first and foremost, Mike, the way you do it is you buy a little bit of it now. And then six months from now, you buy a little bit more. That's called scaling in. So if it goes up in the first six months, you're happy because your initial position's up. If it goes down, you're happy because you're able to buy a second half at half price. I know that kind of sucks to talk like that. This is more of a five-year play than a one-year play. Uh, They want to increase their web results uh, 100 times over. Uh, Baidu actually means 100 times It's a leading Chinese language internet company. They're located in Beijing, China. The company operates Baidu Union. They operate a network of third-party websites. They do Baidu Postbar. They do a query-based searchable online. They are the Chinese uh, Google. Google's not getting much traction there. They do MP3s. They do all sorts of things along those lines. Let me pull up the financials. One thing that I'll throw out at you is, Mike, this is going to be a volatile play. So you can't look at it as money for your kid's college. You can't look at it as money for your house that you're going to need next year. You really got to look at it a little bit differently and thanks for the call. Revenues have gone from 100 million in 2006 to 230 million in 2007 to 466 million in 2008. That's pretty good. I'd sell my I want to sell my soul for that. I'd sell a pinky. I'd go I'd be a nine-fingered man. I'd be that strange weird nine-fingered man that lives on the street that scares the kids. If I can change my revenues from 100 million to 466, And why do I put it that way? Why do I put it, I would, in large part, this is a business that is is a person. I keep saying that, and I hope I'm making some sense. Otherwise, you'll think I'm smoking crack. Uh, Let's see. Very expensive. It's a growth stock. Okay, okay. I know what else to say. You have to own some growth stocks and some value stocks. You said you like AT&T. That's a value stock. You have to own some large companies, some mid-sized companies, and some small companies. This would be kind of a, a, a small, big company. It's worth $13 billion. Or it'd be a big, medium-sized company. Let's see. They had awful numbers. Stock was actually down 49 points on uh, the 27th, which was two days ago yesterday. So that's pretty harsh. So you waited. If you bought two days ago, you bought it 440 Today, you buy it 380 That's not too bad. Down 11% in one day. That really tells you something. Primary laggard following its downside guidance, which is overshadowed better than expected earnings in the last quarter. So they had a good quarter, but they said guidance doesn't look so good. It's volatile. Holy mackerel, I see it was down 19%. Ended up down 11 To me, it kind of feels like Google, where if you're going to play it, you really got to give it time. A lot of people want to give it a super valuation because it is the Chinese Google. For Baidu, you're talking about political environment. Keep in mind that the Ministry of Culture, which is in China, regulation of online music industry and potential effects it could have on Baidu, which drives 80% of its traffic from music searches. So you got to understand that part of the the, the formula, of which China and music piracy, I know nothing. I know nothing. I know I like General Sal's Chicken, and that's about all I know. And that's not even a song. There's a China Unicom deal, which is a wireless deal between China Telecom It's expected to happen. Well, it's already happened. So you're dealing with a publicly traded company that's kind of got some communist management, i.e. the company could be shut down by the uh, country at any point in time. I got no crazy problems with it. If you scale in, I'd like to see you buy it on a really miserable correction. If we can get like five, seven, ten days in a row where the market just goes lower, 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 that would kill a lot of the risk out of the stock. To get your calls on there. It's eight hundred three four five five six three nine. 345 5639 It's 800 345 5639 It's the Rob Black Show. I got a little smart grid. I've got a little home prices. I got some GMAC Pazar. Pete's coffee. I can like talk some coffee. Coming up! It's the Rob Black Show. 800 345 5639 nine ten a.m. More stimulating talk. Sharks hockey tonight. So here's what my life's going to be like. Codeine, whiskey, hockey. <laughs> Pretty good night, right? Now on the other side of the fence, I get up at 5, 6 o'clock in the morning, work my hiney off, trying to come up with smart ideas for you in the world of investing. So I can get your butt to retirement. Second hour of the show, I'm going to talk about sin investing or vice investing. Is it a good idea? Is it a bad idea? If I get hit by a bus, you'll at least have the knowledge on that. Hopefully when I do die, I get hit by a bus. I think that'd be a good way to go. Bond funds. The United States doesn't offer a lot on our bonds right now. Corporate bonds are pretty good. Junk bonds are really good. But junk bonds should start to fail sometime in 2010, so it may be a little bit too early to get out of junk bond funds, but it's sooner rather than later. Some bond funds that you could play in. developed nations. Developed nations that are just beginning to crawl, and the world's beginning to crawl out of our recession. There's a Pemco emerging local bond, ticker symbol PLBDX, PLBDX. They invest almost exclusively in emerging markets, debt-denominated in local currencies. These bonds are somewhat riskier than dollar-denominated bonds, but they also offer potentially richer rewards if the dollar continues to decline. Now, don't ask me to repeat that, although I will repeat it one more time. Go to the podcast. You can go to Talk910, talk910.com. Go to the podcast for today, first hour, and start around minute 30, and you'll hear me say, uh, PIMCO Emerging Local Bond, ticker symbol PLBDX, PLBDX. Um, Traditionally, most emerging market bonds have been denominated in greenbacks, thus you could and can still buy a Brazilian bond denominated in dollars. The idea was that denominated in dollars would lower the risk of losing money because of the plunge in the value of the emerging nation's economy, which is... Basically not an unusual occurrence, but now a lot of people are saying, hey, the United States is kind of third world in our emerging markets. There's another way of doing this is for long-term investors, I'd say 5% to a PIMCO bond fund and 10% to a good stock fund. You want a good international stock fund? T. Rowe Price Emerging Markets, PRMSX, PRMSX. Now, that's just, those are two starting numbers, 10 and 5. If you're young, maybe you go 5 and 20. If you're older, maybe you go 10 and five. So one side stocks, one side bonds. I got no problems. No problems. Everyone's talking about something happened on the Bay Bridge. I'm not quite sure what, but something happened on the Bay Bridge. The San Francisco, Oakland Bridge. Do you know what's so, the, the other name of this bridge? It's uh, it's lovingly known as the Bay Bridge, but it's also known as the James Sonny Jim Rolf Bridge. Did anyone know that? Jen, did you know that? The Bay Bridge is actually known as the James Sunny Jim Rolfe Bridge. So, who knew? Now, it forms part of Interstate 80. Toll Bridge was conceived in the Gold Rush days, but the Bay Bridge didn't actually begin construction until 1933. And it was built by a company called American Bridge Company, which if I had a white glove, I'd slap in the face. The Bay Bridge appeared in movies. It is a star actor. Shadow of a thin man. The Graduate Cuckoo to Mrs. Robinson. The Towering Inferno. Basic Instinct. The Deadpool. I think Basic Instinct, fun movie. Fun movie. But overrated movie. That's what I got. Bay Bridge is currently closed indefinitely. Oh, that's the big story. So that's the big story. I'm not even gonna talk about the Year Boy in the front tunnel. Why entertain you beyond your wildest fancy? Why not just give you something that will make you some money? Tom Tom. OK, AT&T is getting ready. No, 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 not AT&T. Verizon's getting ready to come out with called the droid phone. Have you heard about it? It's made by Motorola. And Tom Tom makes those what I would call marriage savers. It's a device. With, it's a mapping software technology satellite handheld device that when you're driving, it tells you turn left here. Turn right here. Turn left here. Tom Tom and Garmin. Those are the two big names, right? You've heard about them they are in a tailspin. They're dying because Apple has a mapping technology in the iPhone. It's got GPS already in it, right? We know that. So Apple's come out with an application. They've got eight eighty four thousand nine hundred ninety nine other applications, according to Apple. The Droid phone's coming out next week. It's the first Motorola product. It's the first Google operating system that uses the Droid 2.0 software. And part of this is a wildly cool, free, Mapping technology that gets you GPS located, you know, gets you to where you want to go. And unlike the typical software, it'll show you pictures that like, hey, you just passed the uh, Center of Arts and you'll see a picture of the Center of Arts, Palace of Fine Arts, for instance. So it's a pretty cool application. And that spells the death of TomTom to me. And it spells the death of Garmin. Garmin and TomTom, they need car sales to pick up big time because that's where they're getting installed at this point in time. Uh, no one in their right mind would buy a handheld GPS mapping technology at this point in time, unless you were smoking dope and didn't know what you were doing. Later tonight, Rob Black on coding, watching hockey, drinking whiskey, while suffering from pneumonia. That's right, I'm suffering from pneumonia, and I'm still in the studio. I sucked it up. I'm, I'm a player. Go to Wikipedia, punch in the name player, and uh, you'll see a picture of me. Professional, you'll see a picture of me. Let's talk a little bit about some of the other issues out there today. Uh, Remember how I told you earlier in the week there was a big story about CBS and News Corp? They're looking to push cable companies to pay them monthly fees to carry their broadcast TV stations. It makes sense, right? ESPN charges Comcast, right? So the Comcast of the world have gone out and started their own sports channel so that they can ultimately at some point in time negotiate with uh, ESPN and ABC. But now the, the News Corp, Fox... You know, the TV shows like Fringe, you know, the little thing called the World Series. Fox pays a lot of money for that, and they 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 basically have to do advertising to get their money back. Now they want the cable companies to give them a couple bucks a month. Now, what does that mean to you and me? It means our cable company is going to charge us more fees. And that I say, no effing way. Like, haven't we been pushed far enough in cost of television? It feels that way, right? News Corp is asking cable operator Time Warner for cash payments as much as $1 per household per month. The battle between News Corp and Time Warner, notable because it pits one of the most watched U.S. networks against one of the biggest TV distributors in cable. I told you that story earlier in the week, but today it's in the Wall Street Journal. Elsewhere out there, Democrats, they're seeking to extend Fannie Mae Freddie loan limits. Okay, California, wake up. This is about a story about you. House and Senate lawmakers are proposing to extend temporary higher limits on the size of home mortgage Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac can buy or guarantee as a stopgap funding legislation. That could pass Congress as soon as this week. This legislation known as continuing resolution would fund the federal government through December 18th at 2009 levels, giving lawmakers more time to complete appropriations measures. Now, language in the bill could extend loan limits, which are set to expire on December 31 and ultimately through the end of next year. Top Democratic uh Senator Daniel Nguyen from Hawaii and Representative David Obey from wisconsin Uh, basically they're putting this bill together legislation would extend temporary higher limits on the size of mortgages. The FHA could insure. that's pretty big. Do you want to know what the story is all about? Is the people with million dollar homes, they want to get cheaper loans and they don't really qualify. They don't qualify for government funded loans, government backed loans. So this is Congress's way of saying, okay, I got your back. 800-345-5639 to get your calls in the air. Let's go to Charles in Redwood city. Charles,
0: Good morning, Rob. Um, I would like your opinion about CIT. I bought some of it as a speculative
2: plate.
1: Which one? Is it CIT Group or Citigroup?
2: C- uh, CIT Group.
1: Okay, CIT. Um, tell me why you bought it. It's a, it's a beaten down dog, so to speak. Right. Is that why you bought it?
2: I, I bought it, yes. and I bought it at 101.
1: Okay, so you've done pretty good. Keep in mind the price target on this one is about zero. So at some point in time, you're going to want to pull the trigger and get out of it, if you can. Um, The people who are playing the stock at this point in time are people who are expecting it to fail. Now, recently they announced, and let me bring everyone up to speed on CIT Group. My goal on the show is not to freak anyone out and over-talk them, and thanks for the call. If you haven't heard about CIT Group, that's probably not uncommon. Um, But you would probably be out of the proverbial loop. On the big business landscape for about a century... CIT is a commercial bank holding offers of lending and leasing advisory services to small and mid sized companies. Financial services include debt restructuring and equipment financing. So they're in the finance world. Real estate services also include mortgage debt, mezzanine debt, and net lease financing. The company has over $80 billion in assets and serves some 1 million clients in more than 50 countries. They're a big company. A lot of people still have never heard of them. Today, they're spiking up 13% take a look at some of the statistics on the company it's a 400 million dollar company now again you just heard me say that they've got 80 billion dollars in assets and yet you could only if you had 400 million dollars you could buy the whole freaking company what's up with that well it's it's all about the debt they've got 54 billion dollars in debt 54 billion dollars in debt um, their profit margin not there their return on assets negative 3% return on equity negative 39% typically you want return on equity of 12% to give you an idea Price-to-sales ratio is beneath one, so it's showing you an extreme value. They just recently had their credit facility expanded. They've confirmed an additional $4.5 billion in financing through expansion of existing and secured credit. They've got a big tranche of debt that comes due in January 2012, so they're probably safe on some levels till 2012. Um, What else could I throw out there? (laughs) Carl Icahn's the guy who threw up all the money for him. Um trying to find a little bit more, trying to find a little bit more. Debt sale. Open letter to bondholders. Talking with Goldman Sachs. And they are all over the news of this Carl Icon thing. Purchase six billion dollars in secured loans. See if anyone's covering him at this point in time. Give me a second. I'm, I'm really scrolling through this as fast as I can. They've announced that they've amended their restructuring the plan uh, further. Build bondholder support. They said that their shares could be worth six cents a share coming out of bankruptcy. It's probably really not good. Um, what I'm going to do is I'm going to take I'm going to go to break here. But when I come back, I'll have a little bit more on CIT for you. It's too bad of radio when I sit there. Bankruptcy looms. Yeah, yeah. I'd be very, very cautious on this one. 800-345-5639. It's 800-345-5639. As speculation, it's fine. I call speculation a dog with fleas, but you don't want two or three of them because then you got a kennel. It's Rob Black Show, nine ten a.m., more stimulating talk. Stocks are getting beat up pretty good. It's been a couple bad days on stocks, and you know what? I like that. Here's the way I see it. Let's say you're a high-energy female, 25 years old, and your thing is shoes. And you walk into a shoe store, and you see a sign that says 20% off. And you're like, you know what? I really can't afford it. I'm going to come back tomorrow. And then you walk in tomorrow, and you see a sign that says 30% off. Sweet! Suddenly, you're all excitable, right? Can you wait for 40? 20 wasn't your trigger point. 30 was. I don't know. I, I like down markets. It's me. Let's go to Robert in Antioch. Robert.
2: Hi, how's it going, Rob? It's going okay. I got pneumonia. Oh, uh, That's not good. That's not good. <laughs> it doesn't kill um, me yet. What, I was wondering what you thought about Nutrisystem. Uh, it's doing pretty good right now. I was just wondering if it would be time to keep it or get rid of it. Or...
1: So you bought it? you bought it already, right? Yeah. Basically, you bought it for what reason?
2: Um, it was just doing really good. It, I bought it about a year ago, and then it did really bad. And I saw a lot of commercials and just thought it might be a good play. I don't know.
1: So you're pulling off the old, the wise investor trick of investing in what you know, investing in what you see. The, the Peter Lynch, I went to the mall, and I saw a lot of kids buying clothes at the store, so I bought it. So you saw a lot of the commercials. Mike Golick used to weigh 500 pounds, and now he weighs 20
2: yeah, Dan Marino. Dan Marino. Okay,
1: uh, that one lady. That one lady. I love that line. Um, okay, first and foremost, it's expensive. It's done what you wanted to do. And last year, it's gone from thirteen, whoa, to eleven, up to 19, 20, 21. dollars. It's hitting a fifty-two week high right now. It is starting to get expensive. I looked at the analyst reports during the commercial break, and it's trading roughly at twenty times next year's earnings. I think you could let go of it and say, "I did no harm. I did no foul." Uh, they help you trim your waistline, and yet they've helped you increase your bottom line. Um, they can help you buy phone. That's a weight loss company. They sell prepared meals and grocery items delivered to customers' homes throughout the United States and Canada. They offer calorie plans. They offer one-in-one diet counseling. Um, they offer 28 breakfasts, lunches, dinners, and desserts. They do a lot of work, believe it or not, through QVC. And they recently signed a deal with Walmart, which is interesting. So. Yeah. I think the momentum is in their hands, but at some point in time, it's getting too expensive. It's trading already at 20 times next year's earnings. So let's say they have an earnings surprise or two, and then it's trading like 18 times next year's earnings. And that still makes it a little bit pricey. The Walmart relationship is good. And the fact that they came up with a starter program for Walmart, $149. It's a price point that's shown promise in testing. So... I would say short-term, it's got a little bit of momentum in it, but I would be very tight with your stop losses. For instance, today it's trading at, um, where is it trading at, 21.50? Is that right, 21.50? What did my email get? Or what did my phone? That stocks. Um, okay, yeah, it's trading at, oh, I'm killing myself today, 21.74. So I'd say if it hits 20, 1990, that's an area where you can pull out and say, nope, don't want to play there. Awesome. So maybe a stop loss is your best way, a rising stop loss. So, okay. Okay. Thanks for the call. 800 345 to get your calls on the air. It's 800 345 to get your calls on the air. Before I went to break, I said something that I need to clear up. CIT Group. Someone bought it at a buck. It's at a buck 13. That's an amazing return. It's an amazing return in a fast amount of time. For a company that's playing with... Bankruptcy they've talked about potentially maybe maybe needing to go into bankruptcy so you got to watch that that's truth that's a, a realism so to speak so anyway long story short just, n- just know what know what can happen bankruptcy for most publicly traded companies means zero dollars and zero cents for the shares Now swine flu whee, whee. yes you can invest in swine flu 22 million doses of swine flu vaccine are available now. I saw a fantastic photo out of the L.A. Times yesterday where the people are lined up to get swine flu. They're not children and old people. They're healthy, strapping bucks. So 22 million doses of swine flu vaccine available right now. Most Americans should find it easier to get their dose. We're beginning to get significant increase in availability. Now, last week, there were 14 million doses on hand, despite initial predictions that as many as 120 million would be ready by mid-October. Government later slashed that number to $45 million. The slow supply trickle has frustrated Americans who have stood in line for hours in some parts of the country. Here's your swine flu investments, ladies and gentlemen. And again, when you hear Daria Folsom say some kid died in an elementary school, Daria Folsom being the morning anchor at Cron, that's your your ding, 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 ding. I can invest in this, can't I? Allscripts, ticker symbol MDRX, it's gone sitting in 1979. It's almost at a 52-week high. It's gone from 5 to 1979 in one year. Athena Health, ticker symbol ATHN. Cerner Health, CERN. Computer Programming Systems, CPSI, gone from 30 to 42. They're tracking medications Um, McKesson they've gone from 40 to 58 quality systems 40 to 58 Amerisource Bergen ABC is the ticker up from 15 to 22 Sinovac now Sinovac is one of those pure plays it's gone from almost 0 to 760 52 week high of 820 so it's on the high side Novavax NVAX they're a cheap one they've gone from 2 to 4 but they had a high of 6 and again when you hear about little kids dying man that tugs at the, the heartstrings right But that's where people invest. They invest in tragedy. Um, hemispheric's bio, ticker symbol H-E-B. vehicle ticker symbol V-I-C-L. It's gone from two to three in the last year and a half, two to three and a quarter. I don't recommend this. I don't recommend investing this way because if swine flu passes, do you remember what what 2001 was? 2001 was the year of the shark. It was the summer of the shark and sharks were eating little kids. And then terrorism hits. No one, everyone forgets that story. So this whole swine flu can quickly pass if something else is a bigger story. Quietle, ticker symbol QDEL, QDEL. Coming up next, segment, next hour, we're we'll going to be talking about the investments in vices, the investment in sex, the investment in sin, tobacco, weapons, you name it. Does that beat investing in virtues? It's an interesting question. Got a special guest coming up as well. Stay with us. 800-345-5639 to get your calls in the air. It's 800-345-5639. Three nine to get your calls on the air. It's the Rob Black Show. I'm Rob Black.